few weeks, we've been in this Whose House series, and we've been talking about how this house is our house. And we come here week after week, not because necessarily the fun stuff, although that's cool, but we come here because Jesus meets us every single week. His spirit falls in this place every single week, just like what happened during worship. And so this house is our house. But today what I want to talk about is how this house is our house, but it also belongs to others who are not in this room tonight, who may be in your schools, in your neighborhoods, in your houses. This house belongs to them as well. And when I was growing up in middle school and elementary school, my house never truly belonged to me because when I had a sister, and that was rough. Any of you guys have sisters out there? Because they're the worst, okay? So I had a sister, and I also had a ton of neighbors within my neighborhood that were all around the same age as me. So what this basically meant is that they were in my house all the time, eating my food, breaking my stuff, and blaming it on me, and doing some really obnoxious things. But it was awesome, because I was surrounded all the time by these awesome people that were my best friends. But my house never felt like mine, because it was always filled with people. Now, there was one particular person, and you might recognize this person, who was a neighbor of mine, who was always in my house. And he was like the brother that I never wanted, okay? Um, I had a sister, and then this guy just wouldn't leave. And so um, I lived my life with him right next to me all the time, both literally because he lived two doors down or a few doors down from me, and physically because he just never left my house. And you may recognize him. His name is Kyle Griffith. Have any of you heard of that guy before? Dude, he's the worst. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we grew up together. And again, felt like he was my brother. I felt like I was his sister. And we fought a lot because his one and only goal in life, I felt, was to torture me and to make me feel like the worst person ever. And he did it all the time. But what's happened since then is we've actually become pretty close friends, which is a shocker to me. I would have never believed that myself. And he actually has become a huge part of this church. Have you guys seen him before? Maybe at uh, 4640, maybe in Kids Church. He is here all the time. Once we invited him, once we never could get rid of him, okay? Like a pest, he just kept coming back. No, I'm just kidding. But one of the really cool things about Kyle's story with mine is that my sister and I were the first people to really invite him to church. And he was the one of the first people in my life where I invited them and they actually started to come and I actually began to see real change in his life. So Kyle, I want you to come on out here. Um, my friend, hello. Welcome. Here's this guy. Hello. Are you good? As a fellow left-hander, I'm going to rightfully take the left seat. Okay, that's Thank fine. You. I'm not a fellow left-hander, but that's fine. I know. That's why it's my seat. Okay. Before you go on, actually. Oh, okay. How Madeline was saying that I tortured her. I'd like to show you this picture of her real fast. Oh, fun. How could you not oh, torture that? That's nice. I mean, although Look Madeline was the cutest kid you've ever seen. No. But also the most terrifying one. <laughs> you all understand now. Thanks for I just that, wanted Kyle. to let them all, I just wanted them to understand really first, of course. I appreciate You're that. You're welcome. That Absolutely. Was, okay. Um, so I wanted to bring you out here because one, I think it's fun to just make fun of you publicly. So there will probably be a lot of that. I am perfect. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I got lots of stories. Do you want me to whip them out? No. No. Okay. Let's close that book. So I wanted to bring you out tonight because, well, like I said, I like to pick on you, but also, like I said earlier, you were the one person I feel like really in my life where I actually invited you into church. And that one invite has really changed your life since then. After talking with you, seeing how you've grown, I just feel like church has been the one thing in your life that's been a constant and that's helped you through some really hard times. So I wanted to bring you out to kind of talk about how this invite
invite changed your life? And so um, the first thing that I want to ask you is what was your first thought when I invited you to church? Yes, I guess this is also a question for everybody. How many times were you asked to go to church and you didn't go the first time? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. How many times, how many, how many, did, how many of you did it take like two or three times to go? That was me. Yep. It took me like two or three times. The first, the first time, I, I think I laughed yeah. at you, you guys. Did. I think I said. You did. <laughs> it hurt my feelings. <laughs> church. Uh, the, the main reason why I didn't want to go to, at the old time, it was old 4640. It was also known as Vertigo. The reason why I didn't want to go is because I, the churches I previously went to were all, to be honest with you, they were pretty boring. Like, there was nothing that interesting about them, and there's really nothing that kind of kept me wanting to keep going over and over again in the first place. But I think it was the second or third time is where you and Lindsay were like, hey, Kyle, they have video games, Skittles, and dodgeball. And I was like, wow. It's like the Holy Trinity to you. Yeah. That's church? And I was like, (laughs) I'm going. So then I ended up going to church. And I will admit that I did go to church for Skittles. He's got a prop. Okay. Always keep Skittles with you guys. Funny guy. want to be happy. Okay, so you came for the Skittles. That was middle school. Uh, I definitely came for video games, Skittles, and of course, dodgeball. Okay, so when we told you these things, it was kind of an easy decision for you to make. Yeah. And so you enjoyed your first time because you discovered that it had all of these wonderful things. Oh, yeah. And then there were some other influences, I believe, that I remember of reasons why you continued to come back, and it had something to do with a little bit of the ladies. Um, What? Yes, I know. Middle school Kyle was a big fan of Skittles. <laughs> high school Kyle didn't like Skittles as much because it didn't help his figure. His high school figure, I was still very scrawny and little. Yeah, but there was also the, the females that were there too. Yes. Yeah, I will, yeah. I will admit that, is, I feel that like was I high school. I physically beat you up a few times because you were scrawny. Yep. Yeah. I was very tiny. I weighed approximately 105 pounds. Soaking wet. Like six foot one. Yeah. Okay, so, so you, you came for the ladies and the Skittles yep. um, and not much else. But then there was some point when it kind of switched in your brain and everything clicked together where you started to come for more reasons than just the ladies and the Skittles, but actually for real relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. Uh, so again, middle school was kind of like the young immature age because if, if you think you're mature in middle school, you're lying to yourself and to God. Okay. So don't do that. Okay. And then in high school... Same story. You think you're mature, but you're also lying to yourself and to God. So don't think you're mature, because unfortunately, I can promise you, even as 24, I'm 24. I'm not mature. No. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. But it was, it was middle school and then high school, and I would say it was senior year is when everything kind of took off in terms of changing my direction, changing how I viewed church and looked at it. It all, it honestly all, for me, it began with worship. Worship is a big, a huge part of my relationship with God. It is crucial in my relationship. It is one thing that I do in my car, when I go into work, when I come to church on Tuesday, Wednesday, Sundays, even when I'm at work too, when I'm on my lunch break, I'm worshiping because it is so incredibly, it's awesome. It is, it is the best way to pray or pray in my opinion. It just, it's just so easy because words are given to you obviously is one thing, but that, that was a big one for sure for me. You were yeah. never one with the words. Nope. Just sure. <laughs> nope. Okay, nope. so you started to worship, and that was when things kind of clicked to you. You felt mm-hmm. like spirit kind of changed your heart and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like since then, since Will Senior Year, and even before that, I feel like you were always surrounded by, like, your people. Mm-hmm. And I always admired the fact that you were surrounded by such awesome friends. And I was a little bit jealous, I'll be honest with you. I probably tried to jeopardize them a couple of times <laughs> um, out of, you know, True. jealousy. True. So you had these really awesome friends that were always around you, and do you feel like that came? 
from going to 4640? Yeah. Um, so when I first started coming to Vertigo, everyone, I would say probably 99% of you that came to church for the first time, you probably brought a best friend. Did any of you come here by yourself, willingly by yourself? Liar. I'm just kidding. You're not lying. I'm just kidding. Good for you. I'm happy for you. I, however, was not good at that. I just, I was, like, when I was younger, it was really hard for me to succumb to church and fit in with everybody because although I'm very loud and obnoxious, I couldn't do it without people knowing me because then they'll think I'm just loud and obnoxious with no purpose. You have to have a purpose of being loud and obnoxious. Okay. 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 Just to understand that. <laughs> so I came to church with just my best friend. His name was Dylan. And that's when I first initially came was with him. And then I'd probably say, like, even within a month or so, he ended up moving to Florida. After knowing him for my entire childhood life, he ended up moving away to Florida. And that was a huge, that was a huge thing for me. And that was really hard. Awesome best friend. He ended up moving away to a completely different state, a thousand miles away. So it was a very, very big deal for me. And then I eventually started coming with you and Lindsay. And then that's when everything started working together. I met my best friend, Skylar, who I've been friends with now since I was in eighth grade in high school. Um, all the way up until now, obviously. Um, I've become really good friends, obviously, with all the pastors here in the church. Um, I can consider all of them my mentors and just people that can you can honestly trust with every ounce of your life. If you have a question about a decision that you think is bad, they'll tell you it's bad because it's bad. So definitely trust them with your decision for sure. Oh, for so sure. oh, they're trustworthy. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the first thing that you said to Pastor JL after the first time that you came? Not really. No? I feel like you should because it's pretty funny. Okay. okay. I will admit that I did tell Pastor JL the only reason why I came to Vertigo was for the Skittles <laughs> and the energy drinks and the video games. Okay. And that changed over time. And, and then now... It, and then it migrated. And then, well, it then, it then evolved into to females and the ladies. Yes, okay. Yep, bad we, we established that. And then I came for Jesus. Yes, it's yes. so cool. Full yes. circle. Uh, yes, it yes. takes a while for us to evolve, but it eventually happens. I think what's really cool, Kyle, is even though you're still my arch nemesis and always probably will be. Right. Um, there's, it's healthy. <laughs> um, I've gotten to see you from, like, beginning, like, probably what, fourth grade, third, fourth grade, yep. all the way up until now. And the amount of growth that I've been able to see in your life and how you've become just a shepherd to 4640 kids, to our kids' church kids, is just so cool to see because looking at you back then, I would have never guessed it, I'll be honest with you. Same. You've just come Me so neither. far. And it's so cool to see how <laughs> Jesus has worked in your life, how you've had such good influence, how you've had such friendships, and how the Lord has blessed that sacrifice that you made initially and just turned it and multiplied it tenfold. So now you just have this huge part of your life here um, and built such a cool foundation. So probably the nicest things that I'll say to you is to suck it up, um, absorb it. And Did anyone record that? Yeah, you probably okay, should. That's have. fine. We'll but do you think? Podcast. Did you ever podcast. think that we would have ended up here looking back now? Definitely not. No. No. I think it was when you were throwing things at me, and I was throwing things back at you. I wouldn't have imagined 15 years down the road that we'd be sitting here at this table. That's true. Nope. I think I would have probably moved away <laughs> somewhere scary to avoid this. To a, to a foreign okay. place. Okay. Yep. Well. Definitely. Um, thanks, Kyle, for coming out here. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me, friend. Thanks Appreciate for the embarrassing Bye, picture. Go enjoy your skittles. Don't let it hurt your figure too much. So the reason why I brought Kyle out here is because, oh, he just threw the Skittles. Okay. You can't win them all, Kyle. It's okay. So the reason I brought him out here again is because I feel like he has just a really cool testimony. And I like to take credit for it a little bit because, let's be honest, I invited him. But this is the one person really looking back in my entire elementary, middle school, high school career where I can honestly say this person was here because of me. 
And it's not like I didn't know Jesus. It's not like I didn't know that I was supposed to invite my friends, but he was really the only person that I passionately pursued that I said, you don't have a choice. You're coming with me. You're getting in the car. And now I can see what Jesus has done in his life. And it's so, so cool to see. And that's why we have these opportunities that we have here at 4640. We have this amazing spider jump. We have this amazing foam pit. We do nights like trick-or-treat night. Have you guys ever been to one of our trick-or-treat giveaways? It's a ton of fun. And the reason that we do this is because we want these doors, these walls to be filled with more than just us, to be filled with the people that are in your schools, in your homes even, that you know don't have a personal relationship with Jesus and that you know needs to be built upon. But I'll be honest, in middle school, I was much better at it. And in high school, I got a lot, lot worse, I'll be honest with you. Um, Because high school's scary. And it's basically like a social experiment, okay? They put a bunch of kids in a room who don't know who they are, who have identity crises every single day, and then they make them work together and learn together in a school, okay? It was absolutely a really challenging part of my life, Um, but I remember there was never a time where I ever really felt like I should invite this person to church because I was always a little bit too afraid to put myself out there because I didn't want to be rejected. I didn't want somebody to tell me no because that just felt so difficult to have to hear. But since then, I've actually been in college and I went to school for education and I actually ended up student teaching at Grand Junction High School. Any tigers in here? Just the one. Thanks, Rachel. I appreciate that. Uh, Ouch. Okay. So I uh, student taught at Grand Junction High School. I observed at several other high schools. And when I went into those schools, I noticed something that was perceptible, that was tangible. And it was like this change. And of course, I was older then, so it was a little bit different stage of life. But it was almost as if Christians, you and me, followers of Jesus, were I guess persecuted, it felt like, like the air just felt heavy to me. Everything felt heavy. And when I looked at the people that I knew loved Jesus, I just felt like they were in this place where they really couldn't tell their story, where they really couldn't express who they were made to be and that story that Jesus had given them. And so I began to think about this and I began to wonder why in the last few years has this been this sudden shift where before, yeah, it was difficult just because you didn't want to put yourself out there and get rejected. But now Now it's almost like you as Christ followers are being sedated, like you're being brought down to where you can't share your faith. And when I look at it, I think I see a couple of trends or a couple of shifts that are pretty obvious to me. The first is that when you're asking somebody to church nowadays, it's not just, hey, I want you to come to church because I think it'll be fun and I want you to learn about Jesus just like me. When you ask somebody to church, it almost is perceived now as if you are attacking who they are. You are looking at that person, and to them it seems as though you are saying they're not good enough. You don't like who they are, and you would like to control and manipulate the person that they are by bringing them in to this building. And so there's this shift of, okay, you can come to church with me, but why are you asking me to church What is it about me where you feel like you should invite me to church? And it's almost like when you're doing this, you're criticizing them and you're trying to control who they are and you're trying to suppress their individuality when really 
You just want to show them who Jesus was because of what he's done for you and what he's done in your own heart. And so it's really even more challenging, I believe, than it uh, was when I was in high school, even now, because this there's idea, this negative connotation that comes all around being a Christian. Because now Christians are associated with being racist, with being sexist, with being judgmental and hurtful and really, really just mean people. But if you open up the Bible, if you look at who Jesus was, he was the person that came and set people free. He was the person that came and taught love. He was the person that came and encouraged a person to be who they were supposed to be, who they were created to be. It's like the enemy has gotten so deep into who Christians are and who people perceive them to be that there's not even any truth left. He's manipulated and he's twisted to make us seem like we're the enemy, to make us seem like we are mean and judgmental for just trying to share our faith, for just trying to spread the good news. No, we're being judgmental. We're being hurtful. We're attacking that person and who they are by simply inviting them to church with us. But when we look at the Bible and we see what it says, we know for a fact that Jesus is none of those things. It says in 1 John 4, 16, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. God is not judgment. God is not hate. God is not sexism. God is not racism. He is none of those things. God is love. And he has worked in each and every one of our lives and he has showed his love to us. But somehow it gets twisted in unbelievers' minds. And I believe that we were given this place, this 4640, this house, to share it with those that we go to school with, to share it with those that are in our lives. And I don't know if you guys know this, but this is the best student center in the country. And I'm not saying that to be prideful. Yes, thank you. It's really, really cool that we've been blessed with this. I'm not saying this to be prideful. I'm not saying this to brag, but it really is true. We have been blessed here in tiny little Grand Junction, Colorado with the best student center in the country. And we were blessed with this not because we earned it or not because we raised enough money to accomplish it. We were blessed with it because Jesus trusted it to us. He said, I believe that you guys will be the light in Grand Junction, Colorado, that you guys will be the light in this valley that is so, so dark. And I believe that the students that walk into this room will be the light in their high schools. They'll be the light in Central High School. They'll be the light in Grand Junction. They'll be the light in Fruta, in Palisade, in Caprock, that when they walk into the room, someone will noticeably see that there is something different about our 4640 students. He trusted us with this building, and now it's our job to be good stewards of it. It says in Luke 12, 48b, when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. It's like that lame Spider-Man saying, with much power is great responsibility. Nobody? Okay, it's fine. I just really like Tobey Maguire. It's fine, okay? But they, they took it from the Bible, okay? So when someone is given something, they are trusted with something big and they're expected to bring something back in return. And so when Jesus gave this to us, he gave us this building, he said, I trust you to fill these walls. I trust to know that you are gonna be the light that I created you to be and that I trusted you to be when I gave you this building. And so when we look around our school, when we look around the people that are in our classrooms and our hallways, we might look and see a lot of lost people. 
We might look around and say, man, I just feel different. I feel like I'm being kind of suppressed in who I am. And I feel like I am not welcomed here in this place. And that's because there are so many people who are going to see the light in you and not like it and not accept it. But our job is to shine and be bright in our schools anyways. And the truth is, guys, if you are in this room and you believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and without him, you go to hell for all of eternity. These are the things that we believe. How can you walk into your school and not want to say something? How can you walk into the room and not want to just scream out, this is what Jesus has done for me, and he is the answer, and he is the way, and he is the one true Savior? How much do you have to hate someone to not share your faith? How much do you have to hate someone to not invite them to church? Because we know this, we know this to be a fact without Jesus, without what he did on the cross, without accepting him into our hearts, we have no eternity. How can we walk into our schools and see all of those lost people and not feel called, feel pulled to do something about it? And guys, the truth is when I was in high school, like I said, I didn't invite people to church. Not only did I not invite people to church, I didn't want people to know that I even went to church because I was ashamed and I put my vanity and my own pride above the needs of everyone else around me. And when I look back, it physically hurts. It hurts me to know that I had every opportunity that I could possibly have, every resource, every single thing that God had put in me, and I used it for myself and no one else. That hurts me, guys. It hurts me to know that I could have done something. I could have invited people to church. I could have shown them the light, the reason, everything that they possibly needed or wanted or lacked. I could have brought it to them on a silver platter, and I didn't. And I say these words to you now not to scare you, not to make you feel guilty, but to warn you guys. High school seems like it's this very long, never-ending thing, but it will end. And you guys have the most amazing, perfect, God-given opportunity right now to share your faith. You have people locked in a room with you for 60 minutes, okay? They can't get away from you, and you have the opportunity to share your faith with them. That happens nowhere else. Again, it's a social experiment. It's crazy, but you have this opportunity that you will have at no other point in your life. And the last thing that I want you to do is do what I did and squander it and smash it because of my own pride and my own thoughts and my own needs, my own insecurity. How much do you have to hate someone to not invite them to church? It says in James 5, 19 through 20, my dear friends, if you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. Go after them, get them back and you will have rescued precious lives from destruction and prevented an epidemic of wandering away from God. This verse is saying you have the power. You have the responsibility. You have whatever you need already inside of you to bring the lost people back. And maybe these are the Kyles of the world. Yeah, 
they kind of know Jesus, but they've never really tried to have a relationship with him. Or maybe these are the other people, the ones who have gotten to know Jesus and have chosen not to follow him anyways. This verse says, bring them back to him. Because our God is not a God that's gonna forget about them. He's not gonna say, oh, well, you forgot about me. You chose not to come here anymore. I'm gonna write you off. He is searching desperately for his lost ones. He is looking with everything that he has in them. He is desperate to get those people back into this room, worshiping him, loving him, learning about him. And we have the power, we have the responsibility, we have the ability to bring them to him. We have the resources too. Again, that's why we built this place. That's why Pastor JL worked tooth and nail to bring this so that every single student in this valley has the opportunity to be in this room. And guys, we take it so seriously. It's not something that we just kind of blow off every week and say, I don't know, what do you want to do this week? We are intentional, and we promise that whatever you bring us, whatever friend, whatever lost person, we will do everything in our power to make sure that they leave with a personal relationship with Christ. And so next week isn't just a fun night for us. It isn't just a night where we get to dress up in crazy costumes and give out a ton of cool stuff. It is a night where we get to create and send out lovers and followers of Jesus Christ. And so I promise you guys, if you bring them here to us, if you say, hey, there's a spider jump, hey, there's a foam pit, hey, there's really cool prizes that you should come check out, live awesome worship, we will do the rest. Get them through these doors, and we will make them feel welcome, we will make them feel loved, and we will make sure that they leave with salvation and a ticket for eternity in heaven. I want everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. And I just want to get a little bit of music going on in the back room. And what I want us to do right now is just listen to the Holy Spirit. I just invite him into this room right now. And I just ask that he just sinks deep into each and every one of our hearts. And he just shows to us who are his missing people. Who are the ones that he's lost or that have never even been found in the first place? Who are the ones that are wandering around in your schools lost and hopeless with no answers? Maybe it's your best friend, that weird kid who sits across from you. Maybe it's your cousin, your sister, whoever it is. I want you to visualize those people right now that the Holy Spirit is bringing up in your mind. Maybe it's one Maybe it's five, maybe it's 20, maybe it's an entire class of people that you want to invite here. And I want you to just picture these people while I just pray this prayer of blessing over you. Imagine these people right now, the ones that are lost. Let me pray. Keep your head bowed, eyes closed. Dear Jesus, we just ask right now for your strength to be bold, to be so bold as to go to our schools and invite these people to your house. I just deaf, dumb, and mute the enemy right now to whatever he has to say, whatever fear, whatever rejection, whatever he's trying to do to come against this moment right now. I just ask for a hedge of protection over each and every one of us. And I just ask right now that you just use your sweet conviction to come over us. Who is it that's missing? Who is it that you want back? Who is it that we've been avoiding asking? Lord, I just ask that you just reveal those people to us.
And I just ask that this week, as we go into our schools, Lord, that we can just be clothed in your holy boldness and your confidence to get these people here next week. I just ask for the perfect timing. I ask for the perfect words. I ask for wisdom to know what to do and how to handle in the exact words to say. I just pray that all of the pieces will fall into place so that your power can move in each and every one of their lives. I just pray against the fear of rejection right now. In the name of Jesus, I just break that off and I cast that away. And I just ask that in its place again, you just clothe them in your boldness. No fear, because they got nothing to lose. The stakes are high, but the pressure is off. Walk with us this week. Help us to be whatever you need us to be when we enter into those schools. It's more than just a day of school, Lord. It's us going in as your missionaries. It's us going into the trenches and bringing your people back. We love you so much, Lord, and we just say that this is all for you, so we just ask that your will be done. It's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.